Welcome back to the Act Two Podcast, a podcast for the real life working screenwriter. I'm Tasha Hugh. And I am Josh Hallman. Josh, should we have thought about putting on podcast voices? Like, you mm. know, or Ira Glass and This is my Harry. podcast voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sack after everyone. Okay. Say, uh, please say. remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of, of our upcoming topics, particularly our favorite topic of the year. I feel like it's everyone's most listened to topic. I always, when we have our goal, like New Year's goal session yeah. episode, that's when I hear everyone being like, oh my God, I shared this with all my friends and told them they had to listen because we all need it. We're all on the same page and we sort of don't know how to wrap our minds around how to plan for the year in the most productive way. And it becomes very overwhelming. And we walk through that and it's very therapeutic. So yeah. subscribe so you know when that's going to happen. That's incoming. Incoming. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Get into <laughs> it. I, you, well, you know what? I was just reading and this I didn't even think I was going to talk about this. You remember how that one episode we did the news segment? Yeah. This isn't that, but this is something. So, yeah. yeah, it's sort of news segment. But okay. I, was, I was just reading that James Gunn, uh, or basically that like the current version of DC is being scrapped. Like there's going to be no Wonder Woman 3. There's probably not going to be a Black Adam sequel, no Man of Steel 2. And essentially they're just like figuring out which direction to go in. Maybe by the time this podcast gets released, uh, something will have come out about it. But uh, currently what I read today was that it was like Wonder Woman 3 was done and there's not going to be any more like Snyderverse stuff. Snyder's out. They're trying to get rid of Snyder. Someone finally said... This guy can't tell a story. Easy, Tasha. Easy. Don't you go after my boy, Zack Snyder. (laughs) (laughs) Well, can we talk for a second about this idea of putting in a director in an executive position at a studio? Because I think that's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's something. Do you think it's a good idea or a bad idea? Or somewhere in between? Mm. I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Yeah, I think it is a... A good idea. I I actually really like James Gunn films, and I feel like he's going to do a great job. That's aside from me just liking his films. I think he's got a handle on comics. He can get a little quirky at times, but mm-hmm. uh, I think he's going to do. It's, it's going to be amazing. I think there are pros and cons. Oh. So pros are obviously a director of that caliber who has those sizes of movies in under their belt know how to run and manage people they know they understand budgets they understand people and he clearly understands story while i don't think that guardians of the galaxy 2 or his movie whose name i'm forgetting where it was like young superman who turns evil brightburn brightburn were like the best stories of all time i like brightburn by the way but go on i it's interesting like it's basically putting a showrunner in that position like because most executives studio executives have no creative background they are they they probably studied literature Mm. and the humanities when they were in college they maybe also studied business particularly at the higher levels and particularly at the higher levels at studios, um, like the presidents, vice presidents, 
um, definitely CEO levels, they're all business people. They probably didn't study the humanities at all. It's more like the creative executives who have studied the humanities, but they most likely did not study film. And they most likely have never written anything in their entire lives. So to have someone, or directed, so to have someone who has done all of those things making creative decisions for a studio, I think is fantastically interesting. On the other hand, I feel like there's a con where, as you said, his 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 point of view is very quirky and very specific. And um, I wonder if he'll be able to separate that yeah. to allow other people's visions to come forward. If someone has a new idea for let's just say Wonder Woman 3, if he decides to go forward with that idea and he just doesn't like creatively its direction, it's still probably good, but he just doesn't want to do it that way. Is he going to be able to separate himself? Yeah. My, my gut says he will. I just feel like I think he's been at it for so long that he'll be able to, you know, he's not like a 30-year-old, 20-year-old person who's like, mm. this is it. This is the way it has to be. And I'm not compromising. But also he's in the a unique position because they needed somebody who knows the DC universe inside and out. And mm -hmm. I'm assuming he does. And it sounds like my, you know, my, what I'm guessing is I bet he's going to pick obscure characters from yeah. the DC universe. And much like what Marvel did, by the way, kind of like Iron Man wasn't like King shit when Iron Man came out. And oh, really? Yeah, man. Those were like the lesser characters. I think, I think, mm -hmm. I might be wrong. I could be making that up. But um, I just, yeah, he's going to like put a universe together. Okay. And that's, yeah, that's where it's different. I feel like DC needs like a universe guy. Yeah. I, I'd love to know what his pitch was to get the job. I, I would like to, uh, if anyone from Universal's listening, I would like to uh, let them know I have a Back to the Future universe that uh, I would like to uh, <laughs> helm. <laughs> And you would kill it, guys. It's a <laughs> 10 movie <laughs> arc. And a series. <laughs> series somewhere in there. But um, anyway, we'll see. But that's crazy because Wonder Woman just done. Gone. That is crazy. Why? It's not like Wonder Woman was the problem. Wonder Woman, the first one, I feel like broke records for DC. Yeah. That's me completely just talking out of my ass. But that was no. the one good DC movie I have seen. You know there was a second one, right? Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about um, But there's there has to be, unfortunately, I don't like this, but there has to be like a cohesive, there has to be a connective tissue between these movies now. Like there just has to be. Yeah. Right? But what's weird is they have the Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. They have the Batman with our Pat. It's just weird. Yeah, DC's yeah, fucking weird. Yeah, they messed up. But that, now they have James Gunn to get him Maybe back on track. Maybe they'll restart. They'll restart. It'll be great. I'm looking forward to this new generation of DC. Oh, my God. They're going to be rebooting themselves in like 20 more years. But anyway. All right. Today, <laughs> we are talking about what to do as a writer leading up to the holidays. Like, what are some things you should be looking at doing purely as a writer? But first, we're going to do this week's in writings. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's something huge we have to talk about. Okay. No, no. Go ahead, though. I've been talking That's for a it. while. I just... I oh. just want to bring us in. Paul Bay. <laughs> That's what this weekend, yeah. right? No. He had, <laughs> I, he had, I saw something he had put on Twitter about like AI taking yeah. over. Yeah. And uh, taking over screenwriting. And then just this morning, you had sent something to me where you can put in a scenario and then AI types it for you. It's like your AI writing partner. 
Oh, it makes me sick. You just even talking about it right now. I have like a physical feeling in my stomach because the program is billed as help you with writer's block. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, just, we just want to be helpful, writer. You're, you write your script and you can like, there's like a dial on it. I mean, you you actually started using it. I, I couldn't even bring myself yeah. that far. But like there's a dial that's like, I, I want this AI program to help me a lot, a little bit, or like very little. And so, yeah, you can like write, right? And then if you're like, oh, I'm kind of stuck here. Let's see what the AI does and see if it unclogs anything for me. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're fucked, Tasha. Yeah, my what I used wasn't, it it looked like what I I typed in a scenario. I typed in like uh, action comedy scenario just to see what would come back. And then it spit out that look, it looked like something that was written in like, like middle school. And and I mean, I mean that in the sense it was like, Hi, I'm Emily. I want to go on an adventure. And it was it was just yeah. very like basic. However, it got me thinking in a couple of years, maybe less, the AI is going to just be good. They're going to be golden. It'll be, be it. We won't know the difference. Like you could, you don't know the difference between paintings right now between AI and humans. And it's going to happen with writing. And it fucking worries me. <sighs> you still alive? I don't know, I man. Saw, I saw your face. It just didn't look happy i'm dying like as as if we didn't have enough to worry about with job security now we have to we have to worry about computers and robots taking over our jobs and this all started because franklin leonard creator of the blacklist posted the wga better start getting ahead of this ai screenplay stuff and i sent that to josh being like oh franklin please (laughs) ha ha and then Paul Bay posts his thing where an AI within like five minutes created a couple scenes mm-hmm. that were kind of scenes. Like I could see that being in a movie and written by a real person. And I still like, yeah, but it's not gotten into dialogue yet. Wait till it gets into character relationships and, you know, the complexities that humans have with each other. And then did some research and people have definitely made movies based on AI scripts and... What they seem to find currently is that AI-generated scripts are really overdramatic, very much like the middle school mentality where it's very plain, the dialogue is fairly basic, the dialogue also like meanders and becomes very weird. Also, yeah, everything is super heightened, so there's no subtlety, which is something humans can bring. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, the AI tends to become self-aware over the course of the screenwriting process. So they will actually like realize the characters they're writing are in a movie and have them say that or just like (laughs) it basically devolves is what I'm trying to say. Like the AI may start strong, (laughs) but then it eventually devolves. But as Josh is saying, I was like in five years though, AI learns fast in five years. Maybe we are being replaced and then Josh thinks it's sooner. I, oh, yeah, much sooner. I mean, I don't know. Can an AI revise? That's going to have a notes document that's three pages long right now that I'm trying to address. Is AI just going to be able to do that? Maybe AI will write the first script and then humans come in to write the second script. Oh, or maybe humans writing scripts will be a commodity. Like it's, it'll be like advertised. Oh, this was. Oh my jo- God, Joshua! Yeah, human written. A human script. written story. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. 
I know. AI. But, and on the last thing is AI can evolve and AI learns. So every time that, let's say I type in 500 characters into some AI generated program, it then learns my writing habits. And let's say you did it, then it learns your writing habits. And then so it starts to figure out how people write, how people like speak, everything. And it, it's just, I don't know why I'm even talking about this. It's fucking crazy. I wonder one day our bosses will be Siri and Alexa. What do we do? What do we do <laughs> when, <laughs> when AI replaces us and it's so much cheaper to hire a, a robot to write a screenplay that they can produce? What do we do? We start the resistance. I've been creating this, um, this like kind of like this pill that you plug into a hard drive and then it will like creates this worm that destroys all AI. <laughs> so I've been working on that. So what we're going to do is we're going to break into facilities. I'm going to plug this fucking thing in and then, okay. and then we'll go back to uh, the nineties with dial up internet. Amazing. Yeah. And lethal weapon. And Shane lethal Black, weapon. The era of Shane Black. I love that era of screenwriting. Let's go. Let's go back. What? This has been just the most positive podcast ever. Oh, Jesus, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can I can I move on to a more positive this week in writing? Let's go, Tasha. Okay, this story's not going to start positive. Great. <laughs> but Paul actually sent me this story, and he thought it was really heartwarming and worth talking about because he knows how, how much writers uh, talk about rejection. So this, this is a rejection story. This is Paul, your husband, not Paul Bay. Just this is true. <laughs> this is Paul, my husband. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there was this kind of viral... Twitter post um, from that started with Chelsea Banning, who is the author of a new book called Of Crowns and Legends. And she said she started writing this when she was 14 years old. And this is a dream come true for her to have written this. But she went to a uh, book selling book. Nope. <laughs> a book signing. And nobody showed up. And then two people showed up. And she was just so humiliated because... I guess 37 people had responded they were going to this event. Oh. So she just felt really embarrassed. And then when she posted this on December 4th, immediately, like really big authors started replying to her saying, hey girl, join the club. It's happened to me before. Um, I've gone to book signing, like Margaret Atwood. She said, I've been to book signings where nobody came. And the most popular story was, all these big time authors, they would go to book signings and people would stop and ask them where the bathroom is, <laughs> thinking they worked there. Uh, Neil Gaiman posts that Terry Pratchett and I did a signing in Manhattan for Good Omens that nobody came to at all. So this is a good story because it shows that we all face rejection and even the big wigs. I mean, that's Neil Gaiman not that long ago, right? Good Omens. I mean, I guess and I don't know at what point in the Good Omens story that happened, but it happens to everyone. And, and but, I think that is heartening. And then something happened, right? It shot her book shot up. And then huge. It became a number one bestseller because everyone's seeing this and then they started buying it to because they were curious to kind of help her out, all of the above. So yeah, it's a it's an incredible story. Hmm. But book signings are tough. Who goes to book signings anymore? I've never cared about author signatures. So, but 
I have been to like book readings that end in a signing. Oh, really? But just signings, I feel like why, why would I want to do that? That's true. You know what? I have actually been to an author reading once. All right. That's a good story. It's a good story. So don't be sad if you don't get be rejected. Sad. Maybe if you're a screenwriter, you can put some rejection stories and it'll flip uh, your luck. And all of a sudden people will be like, I'm going to just buy your script because I feel bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> let's try it. <laughs> um, okay. Well. Do you have another this week in writing? Because I have one more that's back to being depressing. <laughs> <laughs> no, go for it. This is okay. just... <laughs> a couple episodes ago, I was very high and mighty about how I was scheduling myself in my outline, if you recall. <laughs> you guys, I did a really good job for about a week. <laughs> and then my scheduling went completely out the window, and I am now two weeks late on this <laughs> script. We should um just do a retrospective, like podcast season of you and your outlining of like <laughs> how it started with david steinberg and you're like i'm on top of it i'm getting everything done and then how it like transitioned and now you're you're it ends with you being two weeks behind <laughs> just, yeah and you just see me like i haven't showered in days i'm still in the pajamas i wore on like monday which was like four <laughs> days ago and uh, there's no scheduling whatsoever <laughs> happening but man when we had that david h steinberg episode <laughs> i was on top of the worlds <laughs> um but so you're two weeks behind i am going to end up delivering this two weeks late and the reason well i was so on track guys but then the reason became the structure wasn't working the way it was. And so I hadn't planned for that much extra time where I really needed like over a week to just puzzle piece the second act scenes together so that it made sense. And um, it's just a lot more unexpected work. And so the two weeks comes in because I've had to repuzzle it together. And now I have to fix all the holes that that's created because you can't just move scenes around and nothing falls apart. So um, now I'm patching all of the holes. And it's hard. But can we just that not to completely branch off but that this idea of I've talked to people who you know, they use um, note cards and they have a cork yeah. board. And people will be like, oh, I love using note cards in a corkboard because you can just kind of reorganize the scenes and put them where you want to go. In theory, I feel like that sounds amazing. Yeah. But that has never worked for me because oh. like when I move a scene, I'm like, well, this doesn't fit here because now I have to change like five other things. Yeah. Well, can I ask? Ask away. At what stage are you doing the cards? How early in the stage? Mm, that's a great question. I have no method to my madness. It can be early, late. I just got an idea. Oh. That I'm going to just share on the podcast. You know how you and I were supposed to write a spec together by the end of this year? R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Super Yacht. <laughs> uh. Well, what if instead of doing it over Zoom, which is far more difficult to do like note cards and stuff over Zoom, what if we did it in person next year and i have this big old whiteboard that's mm. magnetic and note cards that are magnetic we could break it like a tv writer's room and we can move stuff around and i bet we would break it in like three days let's do it done 
we'll goal. Give, that's one of the goals for the new year. We'll we'll give live updates on the podcast. Hell yeah! This year went fast. Twenty twenty two went really fast. I don't know so how it slow? happened. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Because I, I was having this very conversation this last week with my writers in my writer's room because they asked me, do you do cards? Because we were breaking my episode. So I was up there doing exactly what you're talking about. I was moving scenes around because they didn't fit there. And they said, do you do this with your own work at home? And I say, I really try, but it always breaks down because this process of breaking story with note cards on a board is so hard and takes so long that I always just jump the line and I'm so excited to get writing. I just go into it. Yeah. Whereas for TV, we take one to two weeks to break the story first. And then it's so much easier after that. Like I have to write this outline now and I bet it's going to, I bet I could do it in a day two max. And <clears throat> we wouldn't be able to do that if we just cut the line. Yeah. And so why don't we do that with our own work is what I'm trying to say. Why yeah. can't we contain ourselves? And, well, first of all, I do see the big whiteboard and it's just calling our names. This is blank completely. And like the markers are organized on one side in a perfect line. Uh, But yeah, and I I feel like the writer's room style, there's that, there's something about bouncing off of somebody else and being like, oh, this, that, that it's harder to do, I think, when you're by yourself than it is when you're with someone that you know. It's true because most of the writer's room is even so this it's my episode most of the writer's room is me asking questions it's not me having answers you're the ai well yeah yeah it's like well why would this character do that right now and i don't have an answer but that question causes people to be like well i think he would do it because of this or Mm -hmm. you're right i don't think he would do that at all maybe he would do this instead yeah so yeah if you're by yourself (laughs) that question remains unanswered Mm mm-hmm Okay, done. It's on okay. the podcast. It's official. We're doing it. We're doing it. All right, that's it. Those are, those are my this week's in writings. Boom. Let's go Should into the... get into the main? Let's get into the main thing. Okay, as I said, we are talking about what do you do as a writer leading up to the holidays? We are recording this in early December and people are starting to wrap up, meaning writers as well as just the industry in general. People are going on vacation. So what are some of the things you can do for yourself, for your brain, it's been a long year, but also for your career. And uh, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting because when we were talking about this, not to like completely jump the gun, but there there is like a, a, a mental space that I feel like writers get in around this time. So yeah. You're, you can either be very upset with things that didn't happen for you in the year um, the blacklist comes out, the lists come out, you kind of get a little upset you're not on these things, or it motivates you, and or you kind of get motivated to rush into 2023, which is essentially what you want because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to go into something uh, already a little depressed. So <laughs> I I do think there there this is like a such a crucial time for Yeah. What would you say your mindset is? Coming into December 2022. My mindset right now? Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to finish one thing by the 14th of December. Okay. So yeah. I'm excited. I've also, like, I'm submitting something to our writers group for the first time in a while because I want to work on yeah. it over break. So I'm trying to come into it with, like, the clean slate 
like I want to get something off my plate. I want to have something to work on over break. And I'm trying to stay optimistic as always. Yeah. Why? What's yours? I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, I'm ready for the new year. I'm ready for break. I feel like I'm just sort of hanging on like that cat in all the posters. You're just hanging on by small <laughs> little paw. Up. And then, yeah. But I'm like plowing through all the things that need to get done before the end of the year. So that hopefully I can bury my head in the sand and come back in the new year fresh. Yeah, I think that's the thing is you want to have everything accomplished that you want to have accomplished that that is in your control at the in December. Yeah. Like you wanted to say, I have this handled, things that are out of your control, that's a whole other story. But it sounds like for you, that's that's the key. It's like you just want yeah. to knock these things. And I think out. that's that's key in general, I think, for writers. I think it's harder. To I know that end of years are in some ways very arbitrary, um, but there is something to finishing things up, taking a break, and then starting again. There is something that happens with your brain where you just feel more fresh if you're not constantly working, 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 and bringing that, that work right into the new year. Mm -hmm. So I guess let's talk about that first is I... I'm sort of 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 two minds. There's like you need to like finish all your work before the holidays and then just take a solid break. I know writers who take two weeks off no matter what's going on, and I am so envious of that. But yeah. I think that that is very important to do that. On the other hand, and I know you and I are both like this, there's something about the break in the holiday where you're like, oh, I can finally write what I want. Like I've been having to write a lot of stuff for other people on assignment or I have notes, even on an original spec idea. Like I have notes from a producer or my manager I have to do and I just want to do something fun. So I do think the break can still be the time where you write and are producing if if you can't put your pen down and mm -hmm. you can but like maybe focus on something fun to clean clean your brain out a bit. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like you're you're of that mind where you want to finish something, take a break and then start fresh. Is that where you are? Yeah. I I, I there's something that I love personally about like writing or just working on things when I feel like other people are not. Like I don't know yeah. what it is. It's there's like a weird mental thing there where I'm like, "Okay, I'm you're getting things done when other people are kind of fucking like fucking around." Mhm. Mm I, I hate, I know how that sounds, but that's what I, that's something I love about the break. And, uh, so I do like to write during the break, but I, I don't hold myself to, and this is always like spec stuff, you know, it's like yeah. your own thing. Um, but I'm not as hard on myself if I don't write something, but it's just getting things done. Yeah. I will say though, it's inevitable. Like you have, I have family coming out here in December. Like there's, I'm just not going to be writing Unless I ditch my mom and I'm like, I just come back here to meditate. <laughs> but, and then I just write a few pages. But um, yeah, I don't even remember what the initial question was, but working over break, big fan. That's yeah. There, there's working a balance. on stuff that, that makes your brain feel better rather than stressed. Yes, feel better and feel like you're accomplishing something. So when the new year comes, you're already kind of like two steps ahead. And you're like, yeah. I've been working on this. I feel really good about this. And then you talk to your reps about it and you're like, this is what I've been doing here. And that's what I like is, yeah. is kind of having that momentum as opposed to the just kind of like, all right, well, it's new year. Let's let's get things in let's order. See. Yeah. Just, yeah, I agree. You have some momentum <clears throat> moving in. 
You you mentioned that your date is December 14th for when you want to finish the thing you're working on. Is that an arbitrary date you've picked for yourself or is it because family is arriving and you got to put it, put it down? You know what? It's actually because the producer was like, I, I've talked to a few people and I want to slip this to them for a holiday read and I'll follow oh. up with them. So that's, he was like, Can we, let's get this done by the 14th. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Holiday read. The holiday read. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I said, are you sure that's a thing? And he was like, oh, yeah, it'll be fine. I'm trying to think back of when I was an assistant and did my boss do holiday reads. I feel like she had the best of intentions. Yeah. no, I, <laughs> But never read anything until she got back to work. I have no, uh, I have no, like, I, I, I don't think anyone will read anything over the holiday at all. Yeah. But it is good to have the date because it's also like mentally glocked me in and been totally like, my job is done. I'm looking forward to that call on December 26th that I read this amazing script and I just have to talk about it right now. Josh Hallman's script. <laughs> I read is it this. available. <laughs> I read this on Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a gift. <laughs> when I was avoiding my family in the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think. Listen, if that happens. <laughs> I'll talk about it on the podcast. I, can't I don't wait. think I don't think that'll happen. But yeah, does anything happen over the holidays? Feels like no. Allow yourself to take a break if that's what you want to do. For me, like taking a break can be writing a spec. Yeah. So that's also okay. Just don't burn yourself out because you gotta start the year fresh. I I know you and I know that you don't take breaks. So it's gonna yeah. be interesting while you're on a break that you're supposed to be taking this this holiday season going on vacation yeah going i'm going on, on vacation. vacation for two weeks it's going to be really interesting to see what happens Oof, yeah i last time i went on like a long weekend over the pandemic and i did no work i played um what is that stupid game fortnite where you like farm stuff oregon trail it's like animal farm or something. It's terrible. And I was so depressed for like a week afterwards. I was like, what is going on? Why am I so down and negative? And I realized it was because I had done nothing over that long weekend. And I was like, it was prime time for me to to work on something. And my brain was so fresh. Why didn't I work on something? And I hope I don't do that because this is our honeymoon. Mm. <laughs> so I really, I really don't want to be depressed that I wasn't working over our honeymoon. So yeah, we'll see. I uh, I hate to say what I'm about to say. Paul's going to kill me. But I did bring my computer and I did work on on my honeymoon. I sat on a beach. I'm bringing my computer for sure. <laughs> I sat on a beach, I drank, and I tried to write. That sounds amazing. It was amazing. That's the best. This is, what? That, yeah, that's fine. It was incoherent, but I did something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So another thing. Am I moving on too quickly from no, this? No, not at all. I, yeah, we're going perfect. Another thing to think about as a writer in looming to the holidays are gifts. Mm-hmm. And who do you give gifts to? And how much do you give to people? And what kinds of gifts do you get? Do you give gifts to your reps, Joshua? <sighs> Listen, I'm the fucking worst with gifts. The worst. You are I, the worst because you supposedly have a gift for me for like years. I don't have a gift. I have multiple gifts for you. I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere like I, I have like a collection of gifts and it's so <laughs> bad. It's so bad that I think I, yeah, I have, th- I have things we've gotten you. Nicole's like 
probably thinks I've dropped him off. I probably hit him in a closet at this point. Like there's so much stuff. <laughs> Cause you're so uh, ashamed. You haven't given them. I to am. It, and it gets to a point where I hope people forget, but, um, <laughs> I'm really bad with gifts, but I do give, I do give my reps something. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know what I'm doing this year. I don't, I don't even feel the desire to do anything. You don't have, I guess, standard operating procedure for I the holidays to, and gifts. I, I used to do like alcohol, some, mm. send some wine. Yeah. I know Jay-Z likes a specific drink, so I'll send him something. But um, like, do they really need more alcohol? No, everyone gives them alcohol. Yeah. So no. I'm, I, you know what I do? It's really cheesy. But I bake them cookies. That's not cheesy at all. I bake them cookies and I get little tins, like cute tins or wrapping from Michael's. Mm. And I send them delicious cookies. Or at least they say it's delicious. <laughs> they may not eat them at all. They may just throw them in the trash. But for my wedding, my agents got me some really awesome cooking stuff. And I was like, oh, I can I can bake you more cookies for the holidays with this stuff. Thank you so much. And they're like, oh, we can't wait for the cookies. Thank you. Ooh. I was like, oh, okay, maybe maybe they like them. And then do you mail them or do you drop them off? I mail them. To the office. Yeah. Like stat. Like it has to get there right away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I guess real quickly, if someone's sending, if someone's doing something like that, you would recommend another writer to send something to their, their home, their office, not their home. Yes. You can check with the assistants first to be like, where should I send it? Particularly in the pandemic age, some people are working from home more than they are from the office. Mm -hmm. I know my agents are working from the office. And typically, the assistants are there regardless of if the agents are there. So the assistants will take care of getting the presents to their bosses. Um, I also get presents for the assistants. I get them real, real gifts because they don't make any money. So I usually get them Amazon gift cards and cookies. Wow. <laughs> Wow, all these cookies. You are you you know what? You are very you're a good chef. You're good Thank at making you. things. Really? Yeah. I've only Thanks. I've had the few times I've had the things that you've made. I've thought to myself, this is a good career for you. <laughs> it's a backup. It's a good backup. If AI takes over, Paul and I are gonna open a food truck. <laughs> and then there's gonna be an AI food truck that bumps you out. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, as part of the, the some of my research about different things AI has been writing, one of them is recipes, oh, and they're God. able to write recipes. How oh. they can't taste things? <laughs> uh. Shit! All right, so <clears throat> so gifts. So gifts. yes, you can like gift baskets are great because it's all kind of there. Alcohol is always great; they will always take it if you know things about your agent that are more personal, like they're quirky. And like I know someone who does get like weird quirky gifts for them all the time, like a weird blanket for this one agent sometimes. Or my, one of my agents loves Kung Fu movies. Maybe you get them a Kung Fu movie DVD collection. I don't know. There are things that you can get if you want to be more personal, but the standards are always good, which is alcohol or massages yeah. or something like that. I just remembered a quick story. This actually happened last year. This is what I was saying, how bad I am with gifts. I got Jay-Z, my manager, I sent him some things. And part of it was I sent him a few decks of cards. Oh. But then there was a magic, like a magic trick that was accompanied with the deck of cards. Yeah. 
But for some reason, just the, the deck went to his house and the magic trick came to my, <laughs> I feel bad even saying this, came to my house. And I looked at the magic trick and I was like, and he had already written me and he was like, dude, thank you for these cards. These are awesome. Cause they were like very specific. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm fucking keeping this magic trick. <laughs> I'm not going to sell him. <laughs> so I, I never gave him the magic trick. That was like part two to his gift. Maybe you send that this year as his gift. <laughs> no, it's as well open. It's gone. <laughs> it's so gone. Oh man. I'm terrible. But. Yeah, that just made me think of like, yeah, if you know something personal about your your reps, say you just signed with a rep and you just want to get them something and you want to say, hey, I'm excited about 2023 and, yeah. and everything we're going to do together um, here, you know, yeah, alcohol, something personal. I tried trick. making my rep because one of my reps loves whiskey. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to make him whiskey flavored truffles and butter. Wow. <laughs> I churned my own butter and then like put infused it with whiskey. It was just a mess. You can't ship butter in the mail. <laughs> what was I thinking? It was in my freezer for ages. You just bake these things. Dang, you are really good at making things. I love gifts. It's it's my love language. So I I, I kind of I try to find fun things to do. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go off topic one more time. Yeah. One time, this is a quick Tasha story. <laughs> one time we were on a text thread with Dave, myself, and Tasha, and she was making nachos. And, <laughs> and she started, it was like 3.30 in the afternoon. You're like, I'm just getting some nachos started. And we were all supposed to jump on a Zoom. That's what it was. And it was like, our Zoom was set for like seven. And then you're like, you said... I'm sorry, I might have to hop off because of the nachos. And Dave and I were like, what the fuck? And then you sent us pictures and you were making nachos for like six straight hours. I don't know how. You were like cutting it up. Your kitchen was destroyed. (laughs) It's so true. I'm crying because like, why? Why did that? I think I like made my own cheese. Yeah, it looked amazing. I didn't even make my own chips. Like what else possibly goes on nachos? It takes that long. I'm so weird. The worst part was we got on the Zoom and you didn't even get to join with Paul because we made you. We were like, come on, we have to Zoom. Oh. They weren't even that good because it just took so long. Okay. <laughs> All right. What other? That's it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we've got alcohol, something personal. Oh, like gift baskets are great because you don't have to think about it. Here's my question. Yeah. Let's say you don't know something personal about your rep. Yeah. Do you ask the assistant? Hey, yeah. what's a good good idea that I can get for John? Definitely. I do that. That's how I found out one of them likes whiskey. Dang. And I think to your point in writing a little note with it, it's a really great chance to connect with your rep, particularly if you're new to them or you don't talk a lot. This can be a chance to be like, oh, yeah, a Josh guy. Oh, this is a pretty cool gift. Like, that's really, really thoughtful. I should make sure to reconnect with him in the new year. But yeah, if you're like sending a, a gift with a card that says, so great working with you this year. Can't wait to, you know, really get into it next year. Yeah. Can I move on to sort of the next thing past gifts? Because yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That please. reminded me of that. As we're 
wrapping up with our reps. And especially if you do not talk to your reps as much as you wish you, you could, now is the perfect time to reconnect with them in a way that is organic and makes sense and makes you not feel like you're uh, being a burden yeah. because you can say, hey, as we go into the new year, I'd love to set up a call, a Zoom, uh, drinks, whatever you feel comfortable with and talk about 2023, talk about the year to come and what I should be doing to hit my goals this year. Yeah. And I think what's great about that, even if you don't have a close relationship with your reps, if anything, maybe even more so, is that it tells your reps that Josh is ready. He's like, he's ready to get working. He's ready for me to, to, to shop him out and try to get him work. Um, he's ready to generate money for me. And I can tell that because he's wanting to put together a plan. If you're kind of silent during this time and you're not actively saying, hey, here are my goals for 2023 and how can can we work together to achieve them? They're probably wondering, like, what the hell is this person doing? Yeah. And, and they're not going to be rearing to go in the new year to help you achieve those goals. And the point being, now is the perfect time. Send them a note before the holidays. We're early in December at this point. You still have some time, a couple weeks before people leave for the holiday, to have a short, even a 30-minute phone call to say, hey, loved working with you this year. It's been great. These are the goals that I have for 2023. Um, can we talk about what I should be doing to gear up for those goals? If it's to meet with five to 10 different producers that I really want to meet with, how do I get those meetings? That might be mm -hmm. part of their job, but yeah. you, you, can, you can frame it as like, how do I do it? And yeah. they can create a plan. They're like, well, you're going to need a sample like this for me to shop you out. At James Wan's company, you're going to need a horror script. So if you write one of those, I can get you, I can get you a meeting there. Um, or, hey, I want a staff. Okay. Do you have your sample ready? Um, I think it needs some revisions. Or we're, we'll send it out in March. Maybe like here's a deadline for you to start thinking about when you your sample should be ready. Um, so you can start having action plans that I think not only help you frame how you want your new year to look and what you should actually be working on to give you structure, but also gives your rep something to actually do for you um, in a really actionable way. Yeah, that's great. And it, it, it I, I like that because it frames like a lot of times us writers can come in with very lofty goals and, yes. and which is, which is great, but sometimes there's not a plan attached to those goals. So it, it forces you to figure out that path. Okay. How do I, I mean, I've, I've had conversations where even with Jay-Z, like early on, I wanted to write something. He was like, all right, well, do you want to, I think I've mentioned this before. He was like, do you want to try to position this to get on the blacklist? do you want to do this to, or do you want to sell this? Or, and then I forget what like the third option was. And I was like, sell it. Like that's, that's what I want, I want to sell scripts. Like, and, um, and, and so it, it shifted the kind of like the idea of what we were going to work on together. And as a, mm -hmm. you know, it was like a high concept idea as opposed to a maybe passion project, blacklisty, quirky type thing. Yeah. And then also if you're getting in early this way, you can strategize with your reps. Or it's like, okay, if you're writing something new, no one in the town is going to be buying things until 
February. So you have until yeah. February to write something new and to get it in a good spot. If we miss February, here's another another date where people are looking for whatever. So they can also help you figure out what your deadline should be over the course of the year, which we will get into much more in our Gold Buddies kind of uh, episode. Mm -hmm. But um, it's really great to start getting in on these conversations with your reps right now. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's it for kind of where we talked about the mental stuff, get in the right headspace, relax a little bit more. Yeah. We're at the end of the get year, excited. man. excited. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to be tired. Gifts. Gifts. And then actionable career plan stuff. Those are the big things for writers to think about as we get into the holidays. <sighs> yeah. What a weird time we're in. It, it's tough because we're like, I feel like the industry is in a weird place. We read articles. A lot of people are getting fired. A lot of people are, you know, like sh movies are being canceled. And these, and so I, the writer's headspace is so important because you kind of have to just do your thing and focus on the things that you're writing and not yeah. get too bogged down by outside shit. That's my final thought. Oh, boy. On that note. Exciting times, Tasha. Quote of the day. Quote of the day. Your goal is to get a movie made. And you may get a movie made or you may not. But if your goal is to tell your story, the story that you want to tell, then you have a much better shot at having that happen because it's a much more specific goal. There has to be a single-mindedness about it. Callie Corey. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Follow us at Act2Writers for more awesome writing stuff. You can follow me, Tasha, at Story Thursday on Instagram or on Twitter at Tasha3.0. I am Joshua Hallman on Twitter, Josh Hallman on Instagram. And as always, the Act 2 podcast is a production of Act 2, a network and support group for the everyday working screenwriter. This episode was edited by Paul Lundquist, music by 414 Bag, which you can find on Spotify. Spotify.